Buenas and half a day to our listeners on Guam and in the CNMI. It's now time for Total Health right here on Joy FM Radio, where your questions get answered by health professionals. If you have any health-related questions, we would love to hear from you. Call your questions and comments in at 472-1111 or text or WhatsApp 686-9999. If you're in the CNMI, please call 323-1113. Welcome, everybody, to Total Health. Hi and welcome to Total Health. My name is Rose Trina Aladoc and today in the studio we have Elena Tanov, a nurse practitioner and chaplain Masik Ida Ong. Uh, today the topic is a little bit more serious. We're talking about depression and suicide. Hi Rose Trina. Hello Pastor Masik. Hello Elena. Hello Rosie. Good afternoon. I am so pleased that you accepted our invitation. Last time we were talking about anxiety and we really faced anxiety in its own face and we realized that there is no way you can avoid anxiety. But we more often stumble with depression Mm -hmm. and we certainly as well do not know how to handle depression. You are a pastor. We didn't invite a psychiatrist today. We didn't invite a psychologist today. But we invited a pastor that it is deeply acquainted with what it means to be depressed. The reason we would really like to go deep with you into the Mm -hmm. topic is because many Christians nowadays suffer from depression. And they blame themselves. They say, maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe there is something wrong with me. And so maybe God doesn't love me. Or maybe I'm just an odd person, not good enough. And maybe God's grace is not sufficient for Mm me. Knowing your stories and knowing how wonderful the last uh, two weeks ago we did uh, the depression an anxiety seminar and then you you had like an extension to that Mm -hmm. when you gave us your personal testimony gave us so much hope to the community i decided that it would be very appropriate to hear your voice on the radio so we can give a little bit more hope to this dying world amen amen Many people were depressed. Many people were looking for different options. And culturally, it's quite inappropriate to talk about our problems and share our Mm -hmm. problems with others. And then we realize realize that those people just all of a sudden, they disappear. Yes. You know, they don't talk about the problem, Mm -hmm. but then at some point, we don't see them anymore. Absolutely. And before I start asking you all the challenging, direct Mm -hmm. questions, and I know no question will be too hard. No, not at all. You're ready to face it. Anything, um, I'm happy to help. I will just tell your story. Yes. I was (coughs) traveling in the underground in um, UK, and all of a sudden, I am hearing something. And they're saying very quickly, you know, with an English accent, they said, I'm sorry, we have to stop here. We have to do some cleanup. But I didn't understand quite Mm -hmm. what was happening. And then I heard everybody was laughing. I said, what did happen? What did happen? And they said, well, somebody committed suicide. Oh, no. And I'm like, why is everybody laughing? Like, I was so, so shocked. Oh, that's what they were laughing at? Yeah. And I said, why everybody's reaction is like that they said this is the fourth time it happens this week wow and we are late for work 
Okay. So I realize that we are living in a society that if you break your arm, the whole world will come and sign yeah. on your, mm -hmm. you know, plaster. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a but good point. if you are struggling from a depression, from anxiety, from pain, if you're hurting, everybody goes in the different direction. Yes. Yes. What a society we live in. No yes. wonder it makes it so hard. Absolutely. We do not want to give statistics that would really overwhelm us, although the statistic is getting worse and worse every day. Mm -hmm. I did my dissertation on suicide. Oh, you did? Wow. And that was in 2018. And at that time, um, this is what I wrote, uh, that every 40 seconds, somebody takes their life. Every 40, 40 seconds. Yes, while we're talking. Wow. While we're talking right now, yeah. you know, for the duration we have spoken, five people have already taken wow. their life. And as I was like researching now again, actually it's every 30 seconds. Really? It's, it's getting more common wow. and more common. In United States alone, every 14 minutes, somebody is, a, a male is taking their life. Yes. And every 55 minutes, a female is taking their mm -hmm. life. And the percentage is actually quite high for CNMI, for Guam, yes. and for Micronesia. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure yes. you, you have more stories. <clears throat> and I'm sure that everybody, our listeners, have at least been affected by somebody that they know yes. that have decided to end up their life in that way. It's even a higher percentage than in the United States. Oh, wow. It's 30 people per 100,000 population. Really? Yes, it was 14, 26. It's coming up even more. And unfortunately, it is among very young people. Wow. Our teenagers, we have to be very protective of Absolutely, our teenagers. Yes. And uh, the statistic does not go well. Mm -hmm. And it getting, it's getting harder and harder. People are losing their sense for life. People don't see any sense in it. Yes. And so, Pastor Masekt, I will start with my questions. Sure, yes. Can you be a Christian and at the same time being depressed? Can you be a Christian at the same time be depressed? That's a great question. And the answer is, I, it's, I'm going to give a, maybe a yes or no, but, but I'm going to start with a yes. One of the examples that we find in the Bible of a faithful man who really in every sense of the, the way that we read about him was not only a, a God-fearing man, but he was a man that God had used to do mighty things. So they described him as God's prophet. And what's incredible about this man is that he was doing great. And I'm talking about the man named Elijah. Now, Elijah, of course, uh, had been used by God to, uh, to rebuke the nation, rebuke even the king himself. And uh, we read on in the story that there was a time not too long after that, that his prayer was this. His prayer was, O oh Lord, it is enough now, O oh Lord. He first he said, it's enough now, O oh Lord, you know, please take away my life. So do we have an example of a Christian, of a, of a believer in God, faithful person who went through depression? And the answer is yes. And so, yes, there are Christians who go through depression, just as there are Christians who get sick. There are Christians who, uh, you know, who have uh, misfortunes uh, come upon them. 
And the one thing I'm very glad that is happening today is that people are becoming more aware of what depression is. And they're beginning to finally recognize it as an actual disease. And uh, they're beginning to see that this is not just something that, oh, you feel sad, cheer up. And if you, if only, if you only were stronger, then you wouldn't be feeling that way. People are becoming more and more educated, thankfully. But on the other side, we're finding more and more cases of people committing suicide. So I would say at least the first answer to the question is uh, yes. There are people that are Christians who uh, do get very depressed. Uh, some very well-known who have taken their lives. Some who seem to have had it all and they've taken their lives. And you know, as, we talked, as you may have talked about it earlier, there are a lot of statistics. There are a lot of medical reasons, health reasons why people get depressed in the first place. It's not simply a matter of uh, what we think. There are also physical uh, reasons why a person is more prone to depression. Uh, there are what you call the, uh, the hits that a person, um, if you're practicing, that will likely lead you into the path of depression. And thankfully, it is not the end. And, you know, the wonderful thing I love is when you find the disciples after Christ had died, they were depressed. I mean, they were pretty much all their hopes and dreams which were centered on Jesus, and they thought that he would be the one that would come in and rule and, and set them free from the Romans that had all been crushed. And so we do know that one of the disciples did take his life, and that was Judas. And there's also one disciple that I really, in my heart, kind of believe that he may have thought the same thing because he was so guilty, and that, of course, is Peter. And yet, thankfully, uh, Peter held on and uh, we know the rest of the story, that Christ, although he died, uh, he resurrected. So I would say, yes, it is definitely something that Christians do struggle with. It doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you are not a Christian. It is something that does um, affect people. And once again, I'm not a therapist or anything at all like that. I have studied the subject myself. I've been through programs that dealt with the subject. And I've been treated for it myself. And so it is something that I'm very familiar with intimately in my own personal life. And um, I'm so glad that even when I went through it, um, I, there is still hope. And that's really the message we want to give to the people listening today is uh, there's hope. And if you have friends or family members or children, uh, there's definitely still hope. No matter what the situation Absolutely. is, there is always an exit, Absolutely. and it doesn't need to be a bad one. Absolutely. And that's the music um, indicating the break. So we're going to go to the first break of our day. Today's topic is depression and suicide, but um, we're going to be approaching this, approaching depression with the perspective of hope. And if you know somebody that you think would really benefit from today's program, I encourage you to invite them to listen to us. Um, if you're listening on the radio, you know somebody else who maybe has internet access, we're on Facebook and we're streaming live to Facebook right now. If you have a question, you can leave it on Facebook uh, in the comment section. You can also message us through Messenger. And if you want to call in your question on Guam, you can call us at 671-472-1111. That's 671-472-1111. 
In the CNMI and Saipan Tinian and Rota, just call us at 670-323-1113. That's 670-323-1113. Also send us a message via text, via WhatsApp, or via Signal at 671-686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. It's free from the CNMI. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're just taking a quick break and we'll be right back after this. You have a job, skill, or talent that impresses someone. No matter what you know how to do, there will be people who don't know how you do it and wish they did. That's part of God's purpose for you. Embrace it. It's not like new skills can't be learned, but some people have a different skill set than you. But when they see something well done and they don't know how to do it, they can admire the skill, craftsmanship, or talent it takes to do what they know they can't. They might even say so. God made you, and he made you to accomplish something uniquely different than other people. It doesn't have to be the skill of singing, acting, or writing great stories either. You might be a baker, plumber, hairstylist, furniture maker, or one of a thousand other things people know how to do. God gave you the skill. It's needed. Someone appreciates what you do. His name is God. What's more, he made sure others could appreciate what you do. Now, do what you do and honor God in the doing. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. Thanks for listening to Total Health on Joy FM. We want to hear from you. Call in with your health-related questions at 472-1111 in Guam or in the CNMI. The number to call is 323-1113. Text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, back to the show. Hi and welcome back to Total Health Live. My name is Rose Trina. In the studio today, we have Elena Tanava and... Elena Tanova, nurse practitioner, and Chaplain Masikti Ong. And today we're talking about depression and suicide. Yes, Pastor Masik, you're right. Many Christians, in fact, are going through difficult mm-hmm. moments. And you know, many times the closer you come to God, like more, you know, the more the the more fears, the darts are against you. Absolutely. And it becomes very hard. And at times you, you feel like you're the only one struggling, or at least people don't like to present their struggling yes, side because yes. uh, they know that they are not looking for sympathy. And yeah. most of the times they wouldn't even get it but even christ himself correct me if i'm wrong when he was on the cross it wasn't a time that he needs to be joyful Mm -hmm. it was a very painful moment absolutely and um i have heard even scholars saying you know he went through all the levels of depression oh yes material depression he had nothing absolutely even he had you know one clothing and they were even throwing um, to, to find, uh, you know, lots in order lots. to get, yes, that one. He was even naked. He wasn't even supported by his friends. He mm-hmm. was expecting them to be there for him, to be just watching and praying for him. Absolutely. He was completely alone. And on top of that, he actually ever even thought, maybe the father is even against me because mm-hmm. I carry so much sin. And 
he went through that himself. Absolutely. He, in that moment, can you say Jesus was depressed? We, if we say it, I don't think we'll be wrong. But Jesus knew who the Father is. And even though he didn't feel it, he knew to walk by faith and not, and not by, by sight. sight. Amen. He knew that the Father is powerful. The Father is loving. And even if that means that he needs to sacrifice his life or his humanity, he was ready to do that. Absolutely. But we as Christians... Yeah. As Christians, many times, I think this is where our problem comes, that we do not understand God's will. Mm -hmm. Or many times when we go through those moments, we question God. We say, God, why did you do that to me? Mm -hmm. I have been faithful to you. I've tried to be a good person. Yes. Whatever you ask me to do for others, charity, uh, maybe I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst. And all of a sudden, I am getting a, how God, you can allow something like that to happen to me. And so I mm -hmm. see this breakage mm -hmm. between you and God, this big, big abyss that can grow more over time to the point that even a Christian can lose a sight of what God's vision for their life is. Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm so glad you brought that out, uh, Elena, because I think that's, that's really glad that, that you said it. Christ, in, in a very real way, experienced all the emotions and far more of what a typical depressed person would go through today. And it really began. Um, it really began to get heavier and really got worse in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in fact, the word Gethsemane means the olive press. And so, when he was in Gethsemane, it was like he was being pressed down, and he was pressed down by a great weight of of sin. And you had to have to. We remember that Christ could have any could have at any time dropped his plans here on earth and just go back to heaven and be fine. But he endured it just so that we may be saved. How do we know that he was so sorely depressed and so sorely oppressed? Well, we know the story that in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says that he sweat great drops of blood. And you know, I first read that and I thought, how is it possible that you sweat blood? And it wasn't until years later that I read a... Um, I think it was an article or something that talked about... Um, um, correct me because I may pronounce this word wrong... Something called hematidrosis or hematidriasis, something like that. And this is when a person is under such immense personal stress that I guess the vessels or the capillaries, um, they burst, the little tiny ones, and they mix with your sweat and they come out of your pores. And he is just drenched in that. And so even his own physical being uh, was suffering under the weight of what he was feeling. Now, I remember being really sad and depressed, but never to the point where I would sweat blood. And then, of course, at the cross, uh, you mentioned that. Uh, you, know, you, you know this as well. When Christ died, we know that he didn't die of a Roman spear. We know that he didn't die of the actual cross itself because the cross really wasn't meant to kill people. It was meant to torture them and then uh, you know, have them die. And I think the record was, uh, you can hang on a cross, and the record they had was up to, up to 10 days. And then you would die, not because of anything else, but because of the infection. And so we know that it wasn't meant to kill you because the, the other thieves on the cross, they were still alive. 
uh, when, uh, when Christ had already died. And so they rushed to kill them by breaking their legs so they would bleed out so that they may uh, get ready uh, for the holy day that was coming. So Christ himself, when he died, what did he die of then? We know that he was uh, hungry. He hadn't really eaten for those hours except the night before. We know that he was thirsty. We know that he had been scourged twice. And you gave a presentation on scourging and what that actually looks like. And so he had gone through a lot of physical pain, but he died not of all of the physical um, afflictions that came on him, but you know, we, he died really of a broken heart. And is it possible for a person to die of a broken heart? And the answer is yes. I learned this also years later, and I'm gonna, there's two ways to say it. Uh, the Japanese word is takotsubo, takotsubo cardiomyopathy. syndrome. Exactly. Correct. And uh, or they are commonly known as uh, I think heartbroken syndrome. Correct. Yeah, heartbroken syndrome. And so apparently, when you're under such immense stress, something actually does happen to the heart. The muscle ruptures. The muscle ruptures, exactly. And uh, yes, so being depressed does have its physical, physical effects on us. And what's amazing is Christ went through all of that. So he experienced all of that. And you know what's amazing is sometimes it's very difficult for another person to understand. Very difficult. I remember when I was going through it, it was very hard for somebody to, to relate. If I said I had cancer or if I had uh, some bad disease, I would get more sympathy because of that. But when you just say, oh, I'm depressed, it's people, it's hard for them to understand. And that's the good news. When Christ went through all of that, he, out of all the people in the world, fully understands. And that's what's so comforting to know and gives us such great hope that anybody who is going through it and feels like nobody understands, there is one who understands. And uh, thankfully, there's another blessing that comes with going through depression is that when you go through it, yes, it's a sad thing, but what's incredible is you gain an experience in th when you go through it, that helps you taste just a very, a tiny taste of what Christ went through. And you understand just a little bit more of, of his great sacrifice for us. And what I've found is people who often go through it, they also, they become better friends. They become really good friends because they know that some people just act like they're okay. They speak okay. the same language. Exactly. Exactly. The language of pain. Exactly. The gift that nobody wants. Oh, the, that's that's a great way of saying it. The, 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 they know what pain is, they've they've been through. They're 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 veterans in it, and the wonderful thing is, it makes them better people if they allow uh, God to use that pain in order to to be a blessing, and uh, it becomes a blessing. It's not an easy thing. And that's why we're so comforted by the hope that we have in the scriptures. Yes, there are a lot of great medical ways and health ways uh, to treat depression, like cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, complete lifestyle change, and many other things. But those things only have a lasting effect, and they continue on uh, if there's the spiritual part of it. 
when you rebuild your relationship with God and when you can see God working through your pain, not abandoning you to face it by yourself. Mm -hmm. But as you said in one of your prayers, uh, your sermons, it is not that God causes us the pain. There Mm -hmm. is somebody else causing us the pain. Mm -hmm. The enemy is causing us the pain. And this is what hurts God the most. Absolutely. When he attacks us and when we go through all that. But if we do not look as God as the the causing Mm -hmm. agent for our pain, but the one that even though he's noticing that happening to us, but he's going to reverse it and make it in something different. If we can repair this relationship, those questions we have against God, God in a way and see him that he's working in a mighty full way, most of us will get out of the depression. Amen. And I'm so glad you brought that up. And the Bible says that in Hebrews 8.28. It says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. You know, what's amazing is that verse never says everything will be good to those that love God. It says everything will work out for the good. And I'm really glad you brought up that point because it's really important that when you rebuild that relationship with God, as you had said, the questions such as, why is this happening to me? Why am I like this? Uh, why? Why? Why it's me? Why yeah, not others? Exactly. Others are happy. Why am Exactly. Mm. And if we then rebuild that relationship with God and learn to understand that uh, there's a reason for this particular thing. And when God then offers us that hope and we're able to finally get out of it, that thing then becomes a great testimony of power to what God can do. I had a friend of mine, I think they were finishing up a group Bible study and one of her friends, who she didn't know very well at the time, uh, came up to her quietly and said, listen, I have a confession to make. And my friend asked her, what is it? And she said, I'm... I'm suffering from depression. And my friend said to her, yes, I know. I said, you know? I said, yeah, I could tell. And then she said this, and that's why I know you're going to be a great friend. And she kind of took a minute, a moment to think about that. And she, re- and she smiled and she says, yeah. Because my friend was telling her that what you're going through is going to make you not only a, a better person, but you're going to be a better person and a better help to people that are going through the same thing. And when you rebuild your relationship with God in that process, God will turn this thing for good. And I've seen it. I've seen it in countless lives of others, and you've experienced it as well, that God is, God is able. And you may ask the question, well, why me? Well, the thing is, the Bible says that the, the sun shines on the good and the bad. Uh, there are bad things that happen to us anyway. Whether you want to avoid them, they're going to come to you anyway. But what's amazing is you look at the life of the disciples after the resurrection of Jesus. You look at Peter, who was crucified upside down. And history tells us that uh, he said, crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to, be, to die in the same manner that my Lord did. And then you have, of course, the, the case of Paul. He, he had his head cut off with a Roman sword, and yet we have no record of him ever complaining and being scared. He said, I have fought the good fight, and he, he was ready to go. And then you have all these other disciples. You have Thomas, who was speared through in India. 
you have all these other disciples who died in, in really bad ways, and yet not one of them ever complained. They were ready. And in fact, the Bible says, rejoice when you enter into diverse temptations. And Jesus says in, Ma in Matthew 5, uh, rejoice when you're persecuted. And so rejoice when bad things happen to you. And you ask the question, why would I ever rejoice when bad things happen? Well, because God has said, for we know that all things work together for good. He will work it out for something great, and it will be an incredible story. God actually specializes in those stories. The Absolutely. worst, the worst, the situation, the outcome, He can reverse in such an amazing way if we Amen. give God enough time and hope, Amen. if we allow ourselves to look forward and, and live at least one more day. Absolutely. And at Amen. least one more day after. I, Amen. And that's the music. We're going to go ahead and go to break. But don't go anywhere. We're only halfway throughout the uh, throughout today's show. If you have a question and you want to call it in, call us at 671-472-1111. That's 671-472-1111 on Guam. In the CNMI, call us at 670-323-1113. That's 670-323-1113. Uh, you can also send us a message via text, via WhatsApp, or via Signal at 671-686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. It's free from the CNMI. And if you're tuned in via Facebook, we do stream to Facebook. So if you're tuned in via Facebook, go ahead and leave your question or comment in the comment section below. You can also send it to us on Messenger, and we'll get back to you. Uh, don't go anywhere. Total Health Live will be right back after the break. Feeling a little down? Psalm 19.7 The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Feeling kind of dumb? The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Feeling a little sad? Psalm 19.8 The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Feeling like you're stumbling around in the dark? The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. If today's kind of a sad, dark, dumbed-down day for you, remember Psalm 19, 7 and 8, where it talks about the law, the statutes, the precepts, and commands of the Lord, and how they bring revival, wisdom, joy, and light. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. You can turn your day around. Just crack open this book and let him speak to you. From Joy FM. Family Friendly Radio. JoyFMRadio.net Welcome back. You're listening to Total Health on Joy FM. Call in with your health-related questions to 472-1111 in Guam. If you live in the CNMI, we want to hear from you too. Call 323-1113 or text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, here's more Total Health. 
Hi, and welcome back to Total Health Live. My name is Rose Trina, and in the studio today, we have Alana Tanova, nurse practitioner and chaplain, Masik Tida Ong. If you're just tuning in, we're about halfway through the show, and we're talking today about depression and suicide. Thank you, Pastor Masik, for reminding us that God can actually make us from bitter to better. Mm, oh, I like that. Bitter to better. Yes. Yes. Uh, many times it's just so hard that you, the way out, you, you really see the way out of this life. Mm-hmm. Pain can be so heavy and can really rest on your shoulders. And it doesn't matter how much you try. Like sometimes you really feel stuck. Yes. I have a friend, he says, nobody gets a free ride. Mm-hmm. All of us, we're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. One or another way as long as there is good and evil we're not going to be spared maybe it's a season that you have been spared Mm -hmm. and i haven't been but things turn around absolutely and i see like i'm not the person that people will invite me for party always but if something goes wrong they know where to come (laughs) because they know that somebody has really struggled and Mm -hmm. you know had to face many challenges and they know that maybe i can help and it's like i realize that the more I struggle, and the more pain I experience, the more useful I become. Absolutely. I don't like it. Yes. Don't take me wrong. Yes. I don't like it. And every time I'd, I have to be in that situation, I mumble to God. I'm like, yes. God, why this again? Me, others having the, the great time of their yes. life. Mm-hmm. I have to carry again my burden, mm-hmm. my cross. And it be, it's becoming heavier and heavier each time. To the point that you're like, I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible, but I still have some emptiness deep inside of me. I'm losing my purpose. So as a person that you have been deeply depressed, mm-hmm. as a Christian, as, as a pastor, can you give us what would be the perspective of somebody, Christian or not Christian, that is facing depression right now? Mm. Like, what would I share with them and what would I do to, uh, to offer them? You know, I've met many people who um, experienced depression, and I have great sympathy for them because it's something that I myself had gone through. If I had to share with them, I always begin with them by sharing them my life story, and I would really offer them really hope. Now, you know, there are, like I said earlier, there are um, great medical ways that give you a great head start, great books that you can read. One book I know of is called The Depression, The Way Out by Dr. Neil Nedley. Great programs at a clinic. I know the clinic has a depression, anxiety recovery program, great program. And that's also based out of um, Weimar University. And they really, they really are doing great things by following a program that, of course, specializes in the health aspect of it and treating it, but also, as you mentioned earlier, the rebuilding of the relationship with God, which is the spiritual. So for me, if I had to, if I, and I've met people, Christian or non-Christian, I would really just tell them my, my story first and foremost. And I found that as I do that, people are comforted to know that they are not alone that, wow, somebody actually has gone through what I've gone through. Somebody has actually experienced it, and they look okay. And so maybe there's a chance that I'll be okay as well. And uh, that's what I would do. I would definitely share them with my story. Uh, I would, you know, wherever they are in their faith, I would encourage them, share promises with them. 
And like you said, I would really encourage them uh, to really hold on because it does get better. I remember years ago in college, I wasn't doing very well. And there was a lot of, there was F's in my report card. And I was so discouraged and I finally found a man and who was um, who was a, working on his PhD. And I, for some reason, I felt that I could talk to him. And I just said to him, I said, listen, I'm really struggling. I'm doing really bad in school. I've got really bad grades. And he really encouraged me and he said, listen, my friend. He said, I want you to remember this. He said, when things get really hard, just keep remembering that things are going to get better just around the corner. And don't give up. And then he said, I told him, yeah, but I've got my F's and everything. And he said, he said, listen, young man, when you see those F's, don't see those F's as failure, failure, failure. But see those F's as forward, forward, forward. <laughs> Keep moving forward. <laughs> and you know, Elena, that man, had I, I'm so glad he told me that that day. Because I realized that as rough as it was for me in my mind, I knew that, one, it could have been worse. And number two, um, things will get better. And uh, I have hope that they will, and I'll work towards that hope. And that's what I would really share with people. And especially if you're a parent or a sibling or a loved one, and you know somebody who's going through this, it's very difficult because your heart breaks for them. And you don't know how to help. And there's many resources that you can use. Uh, one of the best ways that I would advise you to do, of course, is to pray for them. And uh, you know, get them, um, and get them connected with God to rebuild that relationship. And there are many things I can say about it. Many, many things. I've definitely studied the subject for for a while, but um, I have found that for me, it really, like what you said, it really began with my repairing my relationship with God. Because when I went through it, this is what I realized. Um, I, 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 we. We weren't extremely financially struggling. We weren't, you know, really in dire straits. And yet for me, it wasn't enough to feel happy. I really didn't care about school at the time. I didn't care about anything else. I just was looking for something more. And I didn't, I couldn't find it. And it wasn't until I, I found God and God found me and that relationship was rebuilt and restored that I had finally experienced a kind of happiness that I've never ever known before. And uh, Pastor Masik, please take us in a moment, your darkest moment in life. You know, many years ago, I, I wasn't always a pastor. I had no desire to be a pastor. I didn't believe in religion. I didn't believe in God at that time. And I was, I, I was 17 years old when it first started and it was at a time when I didn't even know what depression was people around me didn't really know about it either it wasn't something that was ever spoken or talked about but I began to show signs of of depression now that I, as I look back and so I had and for whatever reason I, at that age I had gone through the whole you know, drinking and, and drugs and all of that. But I came to a point where I became kind of obsessed with finding out what truth was. I became, I use the word obsessed because really that's what I felt. It was an obsession. And I was trying to find it in philosophy and atheism and uh, evolution and everything else. And 
because I was so obsessed to find it, I thought once I just find it, I will be happy. And what's amazing, Elena, is the more that I try to search, I realized that my search was in vain. Nothing could ever make me happy. And so this took a long time. And so what ended up happening was I was beginning to slowly, slowly go down this path that I didn't realize uh, was depression. And it came to the point where I could no longer function normally. I had to drop out of school. I could no longer be around people because it was so exhausting having to pretend that I was okay. It was getting so tiresome having to smile and talk to people and pretend that I'm fine. I was now crying uh, all throughout the day. I would begin to cry and weep over things and it was so painful that I would just, I would hit the wall, walls of my house just trying to get that sadness out of me. And then when nighttime came, uh, that's when it was the worst. I would always be fine until like 8 or 9 o'clock. And then I would go out of my home and I would go into the balcony of my house. And that's when I would begin to think and I would get this great oppressing feeling and thoughts. And I was so depressed that I, I look back now and I didn't really realize that that wasn't normal. Is that I would actually get headaches and my chest would hurt. It would really hurt. My, my head would get headaches from it. And I would cry from 9 o'clock until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. I would cry till there were no tears coming out. But while I was doing that, I actually had a rope that I had tied. And I had put it around my neck and I tied it to one of the posts of the, the balcony. And I was just, I was ready to jump off. And the reason why I was wanting to jump off was I just wanted this feeling to stop. I just wanted the sadness and the pain to just finally stop because I was so tired. And what's incredible is every time I, every single night as I tried to do that, uh, two things would come into my mind. And one was um, the thought of my mother. You know, that time I had really trained myself not to feel happiness or joy or anything because I thought we're all animals. There's no point to it. And so I trained myself not to feel pity or even care for my family. In fact, I pretty much hated everyone, and I hated myself the most. And if there was a God, I really hated him. But for some reason, whenever I would think of my mother, God would put this great feeling of pity and sympathy in my heart for her when I would think of her. And I would think to myself, my mother's heart would break, and she would just, she would not survive if she saw my body the next morning without life. And that was one thing that kept me from doing it. And the other one was, what if there is a God? What if everything I learned in school about heaven and the angels and is all real? And what if I do this and I miss out on all of it? It was those two things, Elena, every single night that kept me from doing it. I would keep on thinking that way and trying to jump off and those two thoughts would keep on coming until about two o'clock in the morning. I'd finally be so sleepy that I'd finally go to sleep. And that was a cycle I repeated every single day for about maybe over a year. It was every single day, every single night. And you know, when I was living like that, I could not plan for tomorrow. I couldn't even think of what I was going to eat tomorrow or because I was so... I, I really thought that this day was the day that I was going to die because I can't go on like this. 
And bless my family, you know, they really didn't know what to do, but they really tried their very best. They got me to see, you know, wonderful doctors who did their best. They got me to see wonderful counselors who did their very best. And uh, even went to see a, a local, you know, local medicine person uh, to try to get myself together. And, and nothing seemed to work. And it wasn't until one night... As I was going through my crying spells again, I was going to go hang, try to put the rope around my neck and jump off. That I looked up into the sky, and as I was crying, and I just said, Oh God, if you are even real, please help me. I said, God, if you're even there, just help me. I said, You've helped people in the Bible like Moses and David, they killed people. And yet you still help them. And I haven't done anything so bad. I don't want to go through this anymore. Just help me. And Elena, I'll never forget when I prayed that prayer. And it was my really first sincere prayer. I'll never forget the tears that came to my eyes were not tears of, of sadness anymore. They were almost like tears of relief, tears of peace. And I felt this overwhelming heavenly peace just come on me. And I had not felt that in a long, long time. I don't think I've ever felt it before. And I look back now and I realize that God himself was answering my prayer. He was saying, I am real. And I am going to help you. And Elena, it wasn't too long after that that some friends, of course, uh, peer pressured me to go to church. I didn't want them to do that. I was pretty mad at them. Uh, they invited me to church. I remember their names, Tristan and Mayra, dear friends of mine. And although I didn't really care for the service or really care for, for anything else, the music and the message, and the food was really nice, but I didn't really care for that as much. But it was a dear lady, her name is Naomi, who was my high school teacher. And she recognized me. Now I, I didn't want to see her because I, I, I remember I dropped out of this, I dropped out of this lady's class, and um, I was always late for her class, and I didn't know that she attended that church. So I said, "Oh no, please don't let her notice me." And, and so I was trying to avoid her gaze, but our, our eyes met. She called me over. I wasn't happy about it, and so I knew she was going to embarrass me in front of everyone. I just knew it. she was going to say, "Oh, this is the one that dropped out of my class," but all she said to me was, "Masicked." I'm so happy to see you here in church. Please come again next time. And you know, Elena, that's why I'm such a believer in how the little things we say and do for people, they can change a person's life. God can use that to change a person's life. And I'll never forget, even though I never wanted to come back, I had no plans of coming back. When she made that little invitation, my heart felt like it leaped in my chest. And I told her, yes, I will be back. And so what ended up happening is I came back again uh, that following uh, Saturday. And what people didn't realize is as I was coming to church, I was happy, I was smiling, and I was actually really happy. I wasn't pretending or I wasn't faking it. But what they didn't know was that after I left church and when Sunday night would come around, the whole process would begin again, the whole cycle. I would get very sad. I would cry. I would put the rope around my neck and I'd try to jump off. And I wouldn't do that on Friday night because I knew that I'd be in church the next day. And I just loved being at church and loved being with, uh, you know, 
Christians, even though I, I, I wasn't sure where I was, whether I was a Christian or not, I just loved being there because of the atmosphere. And I realized as I look back that God was answering that prayer. And what's incredible, uh, Elena, is that when I began to learn about the Bible, I began to learn about Jesus. Now, you have to know that for me, as I got older, the name of Jesus was kind of a cuss word. It's something we use as a joke or when we're trying to be, you know, kind of derogatory. And so when I began to really learn about who Jesus is, that name became the most beautiful name for me, the most beautiful word. And as I began to study the Bible, and I found hope in it, and I found that there was a loving Savior who had gone through even worse through that than what I went through. And, you know, Elena, my search for truth and the meaning of life, I finally found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And today, ever since then, He has been my reason for living. He has been my only reason for living. And I tell people, I tell people that if you take God away from me right now, if for some reason, heaven forbid, that God would somehow disappear from my life, I will go back to trying to take my life again. Because nothing ever before could satisfy my heart. Not the thought of, not, not, not of people telling me, well, you gotta, you know, you work hard, go to school, make money, have a house, get married, have children. That wasn't enough for me. I didn't care about the, I didn't care about those things. But once I finally found the one who has declared himself to be the way, the truth, and the life, I have found my reason for living. And like you said, and I'm really glad you brought it out, it's the great antidote when we feel like life is not worth living is to be introduced to the one who is life himself. Because then you'll realize that life is worth the living. But you know, I had a question, and I used to pray to God asking this question, because now my life was, I was doing great, and I was laughing again, I was smiling again, I was living again, I was get, getting out of my house more, and my parents noticed. And they knew that something had happened, and they were so happy for me, that, my, that their boy was... Now they didn't have to worry about me anymore. My dear aunts, they didn't have to worry about me anymore. My uncles and cousins. Now I was, I was doing well. But I would ask God, I would say, Lord, why did I have to go through all of that? Why didn't you just make it so I just could have known you sooner and not have to go through all of that? And it really troubled me because I, I said, why? Why did people seem to have it easier and nicer and why did I have to feel like I had to go through all this pain just to get to know who you are? And you know, Elena, um, like you said earlier, um, people share pain. And I then understood why I had gone through all of that. And the reason why, uh, I, may, I may never fully know the reason why, but I do know that although I went through it, God himself took that experience, took that pain, took what I had gone through, and he was able to use it to help other people. And I, I got to be honest, I was very nervous about telling anybody what I went through. I didn't know anybody to know. So I really, for, for a while, I didn't tell anybody. Even in church, I never told anybody for a long time. It does require quite a lot of courage. Oh, it took me a, it took me a lot. To I, be vulnerable, I, yes. Because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. 
I didn't want people to think I was weak. I didn't want anybody to think that I was weird. I just want to be a normal person. But I felt God telling me, you have to tell your story. And so I didn't want to, but I said, okay. And I'll never forget the first time I did it was at a high school. And I just wanted to leave right away because I didn't want anybody to come up to me and talk to me because I was so sure they were going to laugh at me. But these students came to me and they would come to me in tears and they would say, thank you so much for telling your story. And I had no idea that many of them had gone through, were going through the same thing. And me simply telling my story had given them hope. And so for me, I learned that even when we go through pain and sadness and depression, although it's a sad time, God is able to use that to help somebody else. And we're, I asked the question, if, if you knew that somebody's life would be saved because of the pain you went through, would it be worth it to go through it? And for me, the answer is yes. It is yes. Mm -hmm. And I heard that in one of your sermons, you said, even though people don't think that their, their life is worth living, God knew their life is worth saving. Absolutely. That is so true. You know, when, when people understand that they think that their life is just not worth living, this is the reason why we know it is worth living, because Jesus thought it was worth saving. And because he thought it was worth saving, he was willing to give his own life so that you may live. And you know, I think of John 10.10 when Jesus says that he has come to give us abundant life. And you know, uh, I'll share a very beautiful story of a man in China. Uh, his name is Chen Xie in a place called Nanjing. And Nanjing has a bridge called the Nanjing Yangtze River Bridge. And it is very popular uh, because it is one of the top 10 bridges that unfortunately people come to jump off and take their lives. And this man, uh, being not a trained therapist or psychologist or, or a depression expert, but he himself had gone through depression. He felt the, the call and the conviction that he wanted to save these people. And so every single weekend when he isn't working, uh, he will go and walk up and down the bridge from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every single weekend. And he would be looking for people that are about to jump. And when he sees them, he tries to talk to them. And sometimes he's had to wrestle them off the rails. And sometimes these people didn't even want his help. So they were violent with him. So he's had his head cracked open because of just trying to save somebody. But he has made sure that he wants to prove to these people that their lives are worth living because their lives are worth saving. And it reminds me just of, of Jesus. And many of these people have gone on to uh, live productive, wonderful lives. And can you, can you know how many people he's saved thus far? Uh, at least in the last count, I believe it was 2016 was the last time I, I got the last count. It was over 300 people that wow. he had saved thus far. And I just want to encourage everybody that... Um, your life is worth living because it was worth saving. And that this is not, the darkness will only be dark. But remember that, you know, stars, they don't really come out at night, but they shine the brightest at night. 
I said, what do you mean, Pastor? They don't come out. And of course they come out at night. I said, no. Stars are always there. They're there even during the day. You just don't see them because it's so bright. And when it's so bright, you don't see the stars. But when it's so dark, that's when you see them clearly. And just like God's presence, whether he's there in the greatest times of your life, but he also shines even the brightest in the darkest times of your life. It becomes always darker before it becomes brighter. Absolutely. I'll share with you very quickly one poem that I love, very simple one-line poem. And it says, um, so it goes like this. Two men looked out from prison bars. One saw the mud, one saw the stars. That, as I was going through my depression, that stuck with me. Because I realized that in life, uh, we can either, we're all going to go through something anyway, but we can either look down and lose hope, or you can look up and receive hope. And it'll be amazing, be great. And I would like to turn to all our listeners right now that are struggling with depression and pain. You're not alone. Amen. Give yourself some credit Amen. for the fact that you're waking up in the morning, even though you don't feel you want to go through the day, you still take a shower and you still drive to work and you cry all the way to work, mm -hmm. then swallow somehow your tears during yes. the day and then cry all the way back in your car until you come home. And it's in a place that although you want to see light and happiness, you are bombarded with anything mm -hmm. else. Give yourself some credit mm -hmm. for facing life in all its colors. And most of the times, they're really not bright. Yes. Give yourself credit for sticking up and standing up, even though you are hurting so much. And I encourage you to be your best in mm -hmm. your darkest moments, not your worst in your worst moments. There is a salvation and God is looking out for options for you. Mm -hmm. You're not left alone. God sees your situation. He understands you. He has sympathy for you. He loves you tremendously. Amen. He will find a way out if you give God enough time. Amen. Wait for Him. He will find you. You are not alone Amen. in this battle. We want to say thank you to all our listeners um, here at Joy FM and on Total Health Live. Thank you to Pastor and thank you to Alana as well. Thank you for today and thank you to our listeners again. Total Health Live is on every Wednesday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Join us again next week for a continuation of 13 Weeks to Joy. Be sure to check with your doctors before making any sudden life changes discussed today. Total Health is brought to you in partnership with Guam Seven-Day Adventist Clinic. Where health is their mission. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Thank you and Sijuas Maasi for listening to Total Health right here on Joy FM.